Welcome back to the Hidden House Guest. I'm Michael. I'm Robin. And we've made it through week one. Week one of All Stars. It's almost felt like a month, honestly. It's, it's felt gone like by a month. so slow for me for some reason. But um, yeah, here we are. We're going to talk a little bit about a recap of week one's HOH reign. So this is the first of our um, kind of regular episodes that we're going to do. So just to let y'all know. Um, we're going to run you through a detailed recap. I mean, obviously, you know, but just to remind you, this is what week it was. I don't know if you're listening back in, in the future. Um, <laughs> and then we're going to go through analysis of the HOH and veto. Any large, like, strategic moves that happen, I think that'll be more fun, like, in a couple weeks. But, uh, yeah, any strategic moves. Um, we'll go through, like, bonus power. So right now, obviously, that's safety suite. Um, and then we'll go through our player picks. So as a reminder... Michael's pick Kevin <laughs> to follow for um, the whole season. Yikes. We don't need to talk about it. Sorry, and I've picked Janelle. So uh, in three weeks when we have completely different players, both of us, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Um, if we ever have one that comes to mind, we will talk about an alternate play of the week, which is like X player did something in a way that they shouldn't have, and I thought of a way to do it way better. Basically, that's kind of where the hidden house guest comes in is like, Oh, if I were in there, this is how I would have played it. Um, and then, uh, that's basically it. We might run you through a little bit, uh, bit of the basics of our ranking system, too, because you might hear us casually just kind of refer to them ranking higher or lower. We're talking about each that other. today, too, I think. A little bit. Yeah. Preseason yeah. ranking. That's what I'm saying. So, uh, near the end of it, we'll kind of talk about awesome how that works. So, recap of the week. Week one, Cody wins HOH to start. Um, pretty handily. Mm -hmm. Uh, he nominates... Oh, safety suite happens. Yep. He nominates Keisha and Kevin. Kayser wins the safety suite. Janelle goes for it, too. Um, Kayser beats Janelle, but brings Janelle. So now Janelle and Kayser are, um, done with their safety suite, but they were both safe for the week. Enzo won the veto. He did not use it. Um, and Keisha and Kevin were on the block. Keisha going home with 13 to 0. 13 to 0. Who else competed in the veto? Do we know that? Tyler? Nah. Not off the top of my head. Okay. Tyler. Tyler and someone else. Tyler, Enzo, Keisha, Kevin. <laughs> you just got a picture who's Cody. like straddling a banana in slow-mo. Um, you have to ask me twice. Cody, what all that you think of is Enzo. Yeah. 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 I want to edit like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's this week, week one. On paper... It's a really boring week. Yeah, like and, it's pretty boring. But you know, we've you know because we started this podcast, we've been a little bit more involved with like the Twitter and Reddit community. And all I've seen from people saying is like how boring of a first week. Like nothing happened, no strategy. And it's because like in quotes, this new game of Big Brother is play it safe, don't don't make any waves, play it very cool. And we see Janelle react to that and saying like, why are you doing what the HOH wants us to do? Yeah, like, it's, it's sort a very of like interesting. It's an interesting, uh, I don't know, scenario, I guess, the way that it works out. That's like, according to us, I think, the way we would say it is like a more boring way to play the game is probably a more strategic and subtle way and probably a better and smarter way. So it's like this old school versus new school mentality. Like old school is just like gun it against the other side, which is where like Janelle and Kayser are. Way more fun to watch, but just like, paying off less in the long run Absolutely. so um maybe a better game is a more boring game but for us to be watching the live feeds we do want things to get kind of spicy 
with old versus new. Yeah. And I think that leads into our conversation about um, Cody as an HOH and Cody's kind of weak. Yeah, let's talk um, about it. We did a little Twitter poll the other night to see kind of what people were grading him as. And uh, the majority of people gave him a D or lower, a failing grade, <laughs> um, which is interesting because I actually think he did pretty okay. And the reason why I say okay is because we've talked a little bit about this, is that he made and initiated several alliances. We think he might have gone one too far. Um, we don't we'll know talk which... about that in a bit. I want to talk about that like as it's... Uh, well, I guess... I think we're, at, I think we're no, there. No, that's where it is. Uh, uh, huge spoilers. Again, that's kind of what the well, show week is. One. Sorry, we're just but... covering week one. We're not getting to week two at all. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying huge spoilers. Oh, for people that haven't? For people that don't know all the alliances. So oh, from the feeds sure. and from like the Twitter and Reddit community, we've been kind of following like who's been tracking that. Shout out. So I, I, Rob and me have been following more of like Reddit. I have like the Reddit account and follow that. Michael's more active on Twitter and we kind of like cross reference. Um, but um, at, I think it's the BB squirrel or just at BB squirrel, BB underscore squirrel maybe, um, has been putting out these um, like alliances charts basically of a recap every day. And they've been, who it's just like, who knows who's allegiant to who. Everyone's making alliances with everyone. But what we found today was that Cody's in effectively like five or six alliances and they all are crossing over with, like, the same two or three people. Right. And to me, I'm thinking this is messy because I just think... Well, we've already seen D Danielle mess up with uh, Tyler saying, like, well, and Enzo. Because yeah. she's in an alliance with Enzo outside of Tyler's alliance with her. Yeah, so she mixed up her alliances because... She, she's in like one that has like four of them and then one that has like five or six and the only person added on is Enzo or something, right? Either so, way, Cody anyway, has Cody, his yeah. fingers in too many honeypots. Is that a gross analogy? Yeah, I don't like that I don't at like all. That. Um, either way, he's 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 dealing he's double dealing too many places. And yes. uh, he has like three final twos and three larger than two alliances. Which I would say, while that's a great amount of influence, he, I think it's going to catch up to him. Yeah, he's covered, like, by almost the entire house, except for maybe the Aquadorkables and, what are they called, the Sobs or whatever, basically, whatever. Um, whatever and Kayser, you know, Jazer. Um, which is great, but I think it's going to bite him in the ass, because honestly, like, Cody, as we saw with his social gameplay, I don't think he's super strong at, like, thinking on his feet, when it comes to how to react to people, as we saw by um, every conversation when people came to his HOH room and he just looked like a deer in the headlights and was like, oh, do I smell good? <laughs> but um, and I, think, I he's, think he's gonna get caught in his web. A and he bit. already got kind of sniffed out by two of the more veteran players, Kayser and Janelle, where they kind of realized where he was leaning towards and then played in the safety suite. So uh, that'll I'm gonna cover that a little bit more later on with my alternate play of the week because I think that he could have done some damage control there. But otherwise, Cody's HOH pretty point blank B average. Got Keisha out, which is like a waste. I think it wasn't a big move, and he really he really had, I, in my opinion, three options: make a big move and put up two previous winners, Ian and Nicole. But since he made an alliance with Nicole, and Nicole is very adamant about keeping Ian safe, that wasn't really an option. Two, Janelle and Kayser, two people that have already come into the house. It'd be like targeting Will and Mike Boogie week one in All-Stars 1, season 7. If he would have put both of them up, 
I mean, that's a guarantee taking out a final two right there. And then the third option was a more um, safe option, putting up people that he didn't really connect with. And it was really just a guessing game of who didn't come and talk to him. And for this week, it was Kevin and and Keisha. And from there, Keisha did not play (laughs) the game of Big Brother. It's the most conservative move, probably the most smart because of that. But again, boring town. Boring town. But that's another reason we put out another poll. We're getting real active on the Twitters. Uh, Enzo, um, we we really think Enzo, Danny, Tyler, and Cody are in, in pretty good positions going forward. They have a lot of influence. And that's kind of how we define what power is in the house. And Enzo has, I think, a better position than Cody. He's in two strong alliances, maybe a final two with, I think, Cody. With none of the blood on his hands. With none Cody of the has. blood on his hands. Wins veto, which I think proves that he's a strong competitor to his alliance as and p- proposed alliances, and then he doesn't use it, which is exactly what he needed to do to solidify that power and alliance with Cody. Totally. Um, safety suite analysis? Um, yeah, v- well, veto analysis, Enzo, yeah, we already talked about. I mean, his only move was to not use the veto, I think, so there right. is no... I mean, that's the only smart move for him to use the veto now would be just asking for enemies, which... Yep is so anti-Enzo. So I think that's the only thing he could have done. Um, Let's move on to the safety suite. Okay. Kayser and Janelle both play. Probably not the smartest move. Uh, If they had talked, and I know it's kind of tough adapting to this one week one of it in response to Cody lying to Kayser like 10 minutes before, but I still think had they just taken the five minutes to talk about it and say, you're the only one competing this week, you play keep us safe, and then next week I'll play, and even though more people will play, I'll have a chance to keep both of us safe next week as well. In Janelle's defense, because I know people were coming for her of being like, this was the stupidest thing ever, which it is. I mean, I don't think it was thought through, but I was talking to my friend Dan about this, and he asked, like, why... (laughs) Dan Dan Giesling. Dan Giesling and I, my, my old buddy Dan Giesling and I were talking, and he was like, Robin, you know so much about this game. Please advise. So I was like, all right, Dan, listen up. So anyway, um, he was like, why would Janelle have gone for that, though? I don't know why. And I kind of attribute it to, like, n- number one, it unless the editing was wrong, but I don't think it could have been because Tyler Lee yelling, like, 10 seconds and stuff. They had such a small amount of time, so she was thinking, like, quick on her feet. I don't think she was really thinking at all. Right. Two, she didn't... I mean, I don't know if they knew the rules that, like, you had to win if you competed so like just because Kayser yeah like he could have not won so like she still needed to go for herself and also I don't think they were like totally strong as an alliance at that point I think the safety suites what solidified them working together for sure so Janelle not knowing that Kayser would use it on her I think there's just kind of a multitude of things that happen in 10 seconds right absolutely and I, I think that is there's leeway there I also think that like you look at her and Kayser now aligning together is like if she didn't compete and he gave it to her, then it was hands down that they were working together. They both compete. If he didn't keep her safe, then it, it kind of throws the target off of both of their backs a little bit. Um, don't think that she went in that meaning went into that competition meaning to do that, but still. Still, I think Kayser's only move was really to do this, and it's a testament to how perceptive he was of the house and reading people. For sure. Um, because he knew that everything fed to him was BS. So I'm glad he did because we get another week of Janelle and Kayser. But I think this also does now permanently solidify, like, 
Janelle and Kayser against the house. <laughs> a little bit. They've I, made it like they've made a declaration with this saying new school versus old new school, school versus bit. old school, just like Ian said. Someone you, you're making a game decision regardless. Yeah. Cool. Alliances. Um, Let's talk about them. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of like our strategic move since there wasn't really many strategic moves this time. Weren't many. We can just talk about the alliances. That's really what the strategy was. The social strategy this time was just like finding your It was figuring out the, the people in play. Seeing where you could put your trust. Seeing where you could figure out um, information. Okay, so already there's like a zillion alliances and I can't keep them straight. So I'm not going to comment on all of the variations of Cody's because, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. So uh, the ones we know for sure are Kayser and Janelle. Um Obviously, like, a historically strong team-up, but I just really worry that they don't have the social playing nuance that New School asks of them to make it. Like, they've already put all their cards out. Absolutely. Uh, And you see the same thing with Cody and Nicole. They were in the same season. Um, I think people are just assuming that they're working together where they were not. Same thing with Memphis and Keisha. Memphis and Keishas. But... (laughs) I hate it. I hate it. Uh, I think you're going to see that a lot where people are assuming people are working together based on previous seasons. Um, yeah, or at least something that brings them together commonly, like Ian and Nicole's Million Club. The love, two former winners. Love the idea. Um, Ian seems to be sticking with it. Nicole seems to be just keeping Ian in her back pocket, which, again, might get her in trouble. I mean, I know recent seasons have shown you it pays off if you have a million friends <laughs> like look at Tyler's game um but I don't know I just I have a bad feeling about so many alliances week one that it's gonna fall apart for maybe Nicole Franzel and for Cody I don't know um the black girl magic alliance is amazing we were sitting there watching and when Bay and Day are making their alliance we turned to each other and we're like when a Bay and Day final two be amazing. It'd be so great to see. Um, we've heard, or I've read, that like they want to get David into that too, which I think is like the most David thing to be pull- pulled into the Black Girl Magic Alliance <laughs> out of his own volition. He's just along for the ride, but I'd love to see it if they could get Kevin in there too. I mean, like the numbers are adding up. Absolutely, and I think if they can take out Say, for instance, uh, either Nicole A or Janelle this week. Seems like it might be going that trajectory. Just going to bolster up that kind of side of the house um, in opposition to the new school kind of group of Memphis, Cody, Enzo, Danny, Nicole. Yeah. And then there are several. Sorry, I don't know if you guys iterations. want us to be like more thorough about this, but to me, it's I don't even all want to talk about it. One big it's just eye roll like, of like the yeah. popular club. It's, you know, some popular, variation of. Yep. Tyler, Cody, Nicole Franzel, Danny Donato, or uh, Brionis, Enzo, Memphis, Christmas. It's just like basically the floaters in the house all coming together. And I'm really unclear even watching the feeds who is allegiant to who. So And that'll come out as power gets revealed. And I think that, you know, you look at the big differences between, you know, bad players and bad seasons in regards to this is they've essentially formed what was grateful and undeniable or whatever you want to call it without the official like grouping of all nine of them, right? They're all working within different groups within each other. And then as people- It's going to coagulate. It's going to coagulate. And it's also going to come out where like, let's say Christmas wins HOH at some point, 
depending on who she puts up, she that's has going to show her cards. Right. So I do think that like in the same way that Will has always said, being HOH is not a power. Being a part of the voting group is where the power lies. Right. It's and, dangerous to be HOH. You know, Enzo, I think, is playing that probably the best right now. Danielle's doing a really good job of that as well. They're playing where if they were to win and they're laying back, they're not trying to win HOH. I really do think that their movements within the alliance is, is probably in the strongest places. I guess that's and, the only advantage of, like, Janelle and Kayser's open-faced game right now is, like, for anyone who's in that giant alliance... Um, if you win HOH, you're kind of screwed and you have to show your cards and you're making a very political move and pissing off some of your people, I think. But Janelle and Kayser have the entire house to themselves. So, like, they have nothing to lose, which is, I think, the, just the way they like to play. And I don't think it's we're going to... but... I don't think we're going to see the backlash on that for another four to five weeks because that big alliance isn't going to have to feed on itself until Kevin, Nicole, Ian... Janelle Kayser are gone. Oh, that's it, something we talked about too. Is like I think the biggest version of that big house alliance is like six people, and if you brought together all the little satellite alliances, they could be the other side of the house, which right. would be Janelle Kayser, Ian, David, Kevin, Nicole, Kevin, and David. Nicole. Yep, exactly. That's six people. Yeah. That's I think that's just to, how it's naturally going to shape up. Right, and, if, and, and if if the root or whatever they call it is Enzo, Cody, Bailey, and Devon, if they can even pull two of those people from that alliance, yeah. well, I was they say, can control the vote. Black Girl Magic Alliance is kind of their own system and operation, but they are tied with, I think, like Cody and Enzo, yeah. they have one. But if they do them dirty, then... The root. Then they can... Yeah, they're working with... No, the root is Memphis. No, the root is Cody and Cody and Enzo. The root is Co- oh my god. Oh my See, god. See, there's so many of them. That's yeah. the thing. But and and that's where you talked about before is like, can Cody's social game keep up? And I think you know, under the tutelage of Derek and being the one that kind of was the not not discrediting Derek's social game, but Cody was the one kind of doing reconnaissance that entire season. I think he does have the ability to manage it because he did manage. Detonators, the bomb squad, the hitmen, the coalition or whatever they had with Hayden and Nicole. He does have history with being able to do this. That's a good point. I think Tyler, though, again, we, you know, of our four that we've said have been playing the best game so far, Tyler is getting final twos thrown at him. Yeah. People are coming to him because he's he, there's he just, just something about him. And someone said today, like the difference, what you mentioned was that there's something between, there's a difference between being nice and being charismatic. And, and Tyler's got that. You just he's like got it. he's he's got a magnetic personality. Yeah, like energy about him. And he he's playing it laid back. He's not competing really hard. He's doing everything and and all the moves correctly mm-hmm. for the first three weeks. I think. I want to give credit to both Bay and Day though for, I think honestly having very similar characteristics this season. It's like I think they came in with a lot of people thinking that they were gonna be these explosive personalities. And every time I turn on the feeds or even just see her on the episodes, Bay is like... She's doing some of the best work of anyone in the house. She's just doing so great at making individual connections and bonding and listening. I mean, she talks about Swaggy a lot, which, okay, whatever, but... But she's putting in the work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Devon is just like, yeah, again, connecting with people very deeply. Um, I think they're really laying the groundwork for something much bigger happening right now. Absolutely. And I, and you, you can kind of point to Keisha's work in the house as a direct opposite to those two. Keisha put in no work. All oh she God, did Keisha. was talk to Janelle and try and get Janelle to do the work for her. And 
why pick Janelle to do the work for her? Janelle has probably one of the worst social games in the house. Yeah, like Janelle, one of Janelle's biggest allies was Keisha, who she said to her face, what, you think Keisha Smith is the threat or whatever she said? You think they're going to worry about Keisha Smith? Right. Janelle, I, I mean, you guys know she's my pick. Queen Janelle. Queen Janelle. Love her, but man, she does not appease anybody. Well, let's she get in, let's, let's start talking about Janelle. Let's get into your player player All to right. watch this week because <laughs> okay. it is Janelle and we are watching her. Janelle's my player pick. Okay, there's two sides of me in this Big Brother viewership. There is fan Robin, just like, just here for the tea, here for the gossip, here for the entertainment value. And Janelle is feeding that. She's great with her Louboutins and her little star. She's just so fun. She's so entertaining. And you love to see, like, a fierce woman just take no prisoners. Like, it's so great to hear her, you know, say some of the iconic things she's already said already. Of, like, you know, when she was talking to Bailey. And there's, like, uh, why do we have to do what the HOH wants? And Bailey was, like, I don't know. It just started kind of happening. That's what you do. And Janelle was, like, when I played this game, we used to do the opposite. Like, there's something so fierce about that. And that's what makes you love her. But... I do think she might just be a fish out of water a bit because we're in this, like, new territory. The game's evolved. And I think Janelle is just such a, like, an independent workhorse of a woman that she's like, people adapt to me. I don't need to adapt. <laughs> and she's right. got this stubbornness. And she's just too rigid. Like, she's not doing a good job with her social game. She's not connecting with other people. People are scared of her what Ovi's Cookies on Reddit called Janellacy, which I'm never going to come back from. That's amazing. Um, everyone is very Janellous in the house, but, like, she needs to either use that and, like, somehow use that perception of her in the house in a strategic way or work to change that perception or else she's just going to go. She has too many people that are jealous of her. So, Janelle, I have no trouble thinking she's going to bring it in the competitions later on. She got pretty far in that um, new HOH comp, yeah. which we'll, we'll review, cover I next mean, later week. next week. But um, in terms of her, yeah, in the, terms of her social game, she's just still lacking. And I, I want to see it. Michael, you made a good point earlier, and I think you tweeted it too, that it's like what would tell us that Janelle has grown and become a better player is seeing that she's learned from the last time. And it seems that she hasn't. She's coming in with the same strategy. I tweeted, Queen Janelle is one of the best competitors of all time. But if this first week is indicative of her improving her game from previous seasons, she won't be playing much longer. And it's true. I mean, it's I true. think of it with like Paul, you know, I mean, Paul came back to bed. I would never say Paul and Janelle like are the same by any means. But what I'm saying is Paul was like extremely naturally talented and did pretty well in a season and then he didn't adapt for his next season, and so he lost it again. And it's like, yep. I don't want to see Janelle fall into the same pattern. Because, like, as the only four-time person coming back, I want her to just, like, rock it and show that, like, she shouldn't be underrepresented as just, like, this comp beast. But she can also be, like, a huge, like, strategic player, too, and super smart. Right. We're not seeing that yet. I want to see it. 100%. So, Michael, go ahead and talk about Kevin. Kevin, um, a rocky start for my man, Kevin. Uh, I'm not, I'm not confident from this first week, but I do think that looking at Kevin's kind of moves from here, 
he has aligned himself with a bigger alliance than what Janelle has already done, which gives me a little bit of confidence. So he's aligned himself with Nicole A, a little bit with Ian. He is making moves. He has that down low mance with Cody. Again, very a la Helen and Aaron season 15. Did he coin that? I love that. Yeah, I like, it. I like it too. Down low mance. But I don't think Cody will ever honor that. Honor no. that. But I do like to see Kevin do the work. And I think that's the number one reason why Kevin stayed this week. He talked to people. He campaigned. He tried to get people to keep him. He made deals. Um, we talk about Rachel Riley um, all the time and how she, she kind of patented the the two-week deal or the three-week deal is like if i keep you safe this week you know i won't put you up for the next two weeks you don't put me up for the next two weeks i think kevin kind of co-opting that and working this week is the only reason he stayed and i also think that he's one of the few people in this house that i think might be able to kickstart his game from this kind of early game failure of being nominated and i think looking at his season that he was on he was on a season with a pretty volatile cast. Not not like as crazy as season 10, but um, Russell, Ronnie, Jesse, Jeff, Jordan, um, Lydia, Natalie. And in the end, he underestimated Jordan. Uh, Jordan won that final HOH, knew that she could beat Natalie, knew that she couldn't beat Kevin. And Kevin's one move was convincing Jeff that uh, Russell was lying to him and was able to keep himself and Natalie safe. So... That move was why I picked Kevin to watch is because I knew that he had the ability to do that, see what was at play, see what was at stake, and make the move that was necessary for that week. I think so, you also, like, I don't want to speak for you, but, like, in our first, like, first hour of watching the feeds, we were just, like, blown away by Kevin just, like, socially soaking up everything and being in the right places. So, I think... He's been in a lot of rooms, and we talk about that so much as, like, you have to be in the room in order to make things happen, and... Him being a have-not the first week didn't help. But I think that going forward, if he can stay a have, stay in the room, stay in the conversation, I am a little bit more confident in his game than Janelle's. And I also think that as soon as, let's say, Janelle and Kayser go home, let's say Ian goes home, and it is Kevin and Nicole A., I think people like Cody, people like Enzo, people like Memphis are no longer going to look at uh, Kevin and, and Nicole A. and go, they're a threat. They're going to go... Danny's a threat. Nicole F is a threat. And they're going to start eating themselves alive. Kevin will skirt by just like he did in his original season. And that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I guess this, this week, his big claim to fame is that just he played better than Keisha, which isn't saying a lot for this first week. But he's resilient. And he's I resilient. think that's, I mean, we saw his emotions eating him up. Absolutely. Oh, did you want to talk about that, what we saw in the... Um, live feeds when he was in the have not room, like talking to himself. I don't really have much to say about it. Okay. Well, I was just going to say like, I think I see that. (laughs) I think I tweeted about it too. Like I, I see that and I'm like, part of me thinks like he's going to get eaten alive because of this. And part of me thinks that he's even stronger of a player for it. Right. Of like having this like emotional breakdown, crying, being like, why am I here? This is too hard. My last season was black and white. So, like, he's doing the work that I love, I love to see players do and what the live feeds are all about, is that stuff of not the scripted DR, like, so I walk into the backyard, but, you know, like, him talking to himself out of, like, spiraling and being like, all right, all I have to do, I have to change my demeanor, who should I talk to, what room am I supposed to be in, like, and the fact that he's doing that is awesome. Yeah, Sorry, he's not my player pick, but I just want to say... 
Well, yeah, and I, I think, you know, we're both watching the same show. We both have different insights. And, and I, I, one of the things that I want to call attention to is and his talk with Enzo in the bathroom where he's like, if, if I get the player's pick or whatever, can I pick you into play for me? And Enzo's like, yeah. But, it, you know. So I don't want to put you into a bad position. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin probably knew that Enzo was never going to take him down. But the fact that he even said that to Enzo, Enzo, I believe, probably made a pitch at some point or even... Talked better of Kevin because of that to Cody, which influenced all of the alliances that they were making. So Kevin has given me a little bit more hope. I really hope that later weeks we see that strategy starting to get employed. I don't want him to be targeted this week, one and done, just because he was targeted last week. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Both of our player picks are not doing too hot. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, we'll see. It's first week. Just to give you guys a little taste of, like, our personal Big Brother life, which is weird that we have a personal and public Big Brother life, we have a bracket with my family and my mom, who, like, legit hates this show, but is just trying to be a great mother to me, (laughs) went on to, like, just pick randomly her team, and she's currently in second place, and I am in last, so. You picked Janelle. I think Chanel, so that's maybe a testament to how I'm doing right now, like, and how my pick is doing with Chanel. Um, Okay, Michael, so this next section is the alternate play of the week, and this is, like, I don't know, optional. I Okay, so I'm not the kind of person that, like, thinks of these things, but Michael, like, I don't know. Two-hour-long tangents. Once a day, we'll have, like, a, okay, (laughs) so if I were playing, this is the way I'd do it. Or, like, okay, let's pretend we're... Nicole Anthony right now and he fabricates this entire ex- like just alternate reality where he just controls the mind of these people yeah and he honestly plays a better game than them obviously we, we have like all of the advantages they don't know any of the information but I love hearing it and this is kind of like even the impetus of why we're doing this podcast a little so, bit anyway I'm hoping I don't that have... it's a little bit more listener-friendly than my two-hour-long yeah, tangents. Yeah, we'll see. I'll cut you off if I need to. But anyway, alternate play of the week. I don't have one. Michael, it sounds like you do. Let's hear it. Um, my alternate play of the week is just damage control from Cody. I think that Cody really could have made a move here to give himself better positioning into next week. And spoiler alert, Memphis wins HOH. doesn't matter. But had Kayser or Janelle won HOH, this would have been a very important thing to do. And since he didn't do it, I think he would have been targeted to some degree. So my alternate play of the week is that post um, safety sweet play, post Janelle and Kayser becoming safe for the week, Cody reaches out to maybe one other person on the cast, maybe someone that isn't really already aligned with them. Maybe that's Ian, maybe that's Memphis, maybe that's uh, Kevin and Nicole, and then reaches out to Janelle and Kayser and tries to find an organic time in which all five or four of the people that he's chosen to come together. The only two that have to be there, though, are Kayser and Janelle. And the reason why this is so important is because he really needs to sell that they were not his target this week. Because essentially what has happened is, when Kayser and Janelle find out that he was targeting them and then they win safety, it's like he already put both of them up and they both came down. They know that he he was going to go for them. So it's like he nominated four people this week instead of just the usual two, with one of them going home. And so it would only be mm. one person coming after him. And he didn't do anything to cover his tracks after. Nothing. And and of course there was the, you know, the, I would say the pathetic attempt to do that that he did. But <laughs> I really think he could have made a really big move in that. And I think his best, best 
people to pick from this are people that he sees that aren't his alliance. So like Kevin and Nicole and Kevin being on the block, this is the perfect opportunity to say, yes, Keisha's my target. Yes, Kayser and Janelle, you were never my target. Anyone that was saying your name coming out of my mouth was lying. I never told anybody that you were my target. And if anyone was, that was them trying to put us against each other. I don't want to be against you guys. I want to work with you guys. Kayser, the best strategic mind in the house. Janelle, the best competitive mind in the house. You know what? I have a lot to prove this year. And I know that you two are going to be a final two in the end. But here's the deal. I'd rather be in a final three with you two than a final two with me and like Enzo and like just throw other people under the bus and then do damage control and control again with your own alliances to say hey I had to talk to Kayser and Janelle today and convince them that I was an alliance with them it's fake obviously if you hear anything it's fake obviously but I had to do that to cover my tracks and cover our tracks I'd regularly say that that is so dangerous too even with him doing that like covering his tracks thing at the end but Kayser and Janelle talk no game with anyone else except for Nicole Anthony and like maybe Devon. And the maybe game that Bailey. they do talk is so stunted. Yeah, it's not like real game play. So I think that would actually work on Janelle and Kayser. I think so. And and I, I, we made a small comparison today to Avatar the Last Airbender in social games is that um Kayser and Janelle are like earthbenders, very rigid okay. and like clunky and powerful okay, yes you're really hating on the earthbenders no no earth but the thing is is like a very traditional earthbender is like pick up a stone and shoot it the across. practical yeah very practical practical but tactical tyler is like a waterbender an airbender very go with the flow very use the energy of someone else against them and i think that in this season cody could have really used the these kind of more rigid players to his advantage in the end i think that Cody's move here, you know, the Twitter poll that we did put him at a D or below. And I can't believe so many people think that. But I do think that something would have brought his ranking up a little bit more is a little bit of backtracking there, a little less alliance making on the other side of things, and maybe even targeting someone that was a little bit stronger than Keisha this week. But um, I, that's my alternate play of the week. Mm hmm. I don't yeah, know if it would have worked. I mean, I, I, I think this is not like a high risk move. I think this is just like doing the move he did better. Um, yeah, 100%. And just more thoroughly. So I agree. I don't think there could have been anything wrong with doing that. Um, to, just to go back to the tweet too. I mean, like I, I really wonder why so many people gave Dean below. And like the teacher in me wants to know, like give me the rubric, give me I, the reason, like why. I like, asked why. No one commented on it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's easy to click a button and not easy to put yourself out there. Please but tell us. We love hearing from you guys. I, if you guys do have a reason why you're thinking something, please let us know. Yeah, I, I just really want to know why, like, is that an emotional vote on your end to say, well, he went after Jazer and they're my faves? Or is it that he actually did something wrong that we're missing? I, I really want to know. Because um, I agree. I mean, I don't even know if I'd give him a B. I think I would give him somewhere, like, in a C. But, like, dear below... I think for a week, a week one, a definitely a B. He went for, uh, a, you know what I mean? Like he went for a really weak couple players, not going to come after him hardcore, made a deal with the one that stayed. Right. Like, I, are you just thinking of COVID Cody? Yeah. Or are COVID you Cody thinking is, of, like, sucks. I mean, holy moly. Like. A pair of the sniffles or whatever he said. Yeah. Like, it's science denier. No, thank you. I'm okay with him to leave at any point. Sorry. But. Um, Personally, his, yes. His strategy game, wise. I, other other fine, story but, i think yeah 
I think it's I think it's probably a lot of influence from personal. I don't think I think we have a very strange way we look at the game in terms of how much strategy we employ. 100%. Because Robin and I both, if we, if we got to the finals or in the jury or whatever, we are so about gameplay. We don't care if someone made a move to get us out. If it was a good move, we love that. And shit. that's why, like, like something controversial that we talk about is like when Matt Hoffman lied about his wife having that whatever disease. We were like, oh, yeah, good idea. <laughs> and, like, the whole edit was about, like, how dare his morals be brought, uh, you know. And we don't like care. That. And we're like, okay, like, awesome. that's similar to that Survivor guy. Very Johnny that. Sin or whatever his name was from where his, he made a lie that his grandma died. Yeah. Like, like do it. If you can I use it. I don't care when it's in the game. I mean, if you bring it out of the game, the second it's out of the game, I care a lot. But, like. Right. Of course. Again, I think, like we said before. Check like, yourself at the door. Yeah, that Dan Giesling, like, you don't exist as you do. You are now, like, I think of it almost like you're, like, you're in a simulation. Like, that's not you, you know? And, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm super hypocritical because we also talk about this, and I'm like, I don't know, if something, like, sexist or racist started happening around me, I feel like I just accidentally throw my game away because I just get, like, so heated about that, but... That's the balancing act that you'd have to discover in the house. Yeah. Obviously. But to me, coming after someone's, like, personal race is so much worse than someone, like, making up a fake disease. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Um, Preseason scale? Whatever. Preseason, what's it called? Yeah, so Michael wants to talk to you about... I I was involved in this, too, but I don't want both of us to... I'm going to chip in anyway, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, but absolutely. I, th- I want you to take the lead on this because you have this visually, and Michael's done some beautiful spreadsheet work. Yeah, Robin and I have been working on a long time to, for a way to try and quantify what makes a good Big Brother player. And we kind of broken the game down into some component parts of how we define what these players fit into. Um, so we, we didn't necessarily succeed fully on quantifying them, but what we did succeed was categorizing them in a tier-based system Correct. of how we would rank um, like any given player during any given season. And so for all of the seasons that we've watched, we've ranked every single player based on our tier-based system. And what we're going to do tonight is briefly Very explain briefly. what that is. And, and to give you an idea of what these players were ranked coming into this season and where we think the stronger players are. So a quick overview of our system uh, at the very top, legend status. Um, typically, well, maybe we should start at the bottom. Yeah, I think bottom makes bottom. more sense. Yeah. Okay, hey, starting at the bottom. Uh, chickens in the coop. These are the players that do not play. These are the players that, I don't want to call anyone out, but like these are the players that don't make moves, that don't really know how to play the game. That I will. Kathy and the Caramel. <laughs> okay. Annalise. 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 Sorry. Um, she's a beautiful girl with a beautiful name. I just love Brett. Probably very talented at soccer. I love Brett's. <laughs> Annalise. Okay, yeah. I Either don't know. way, they don't play the game. They don't make moves. They don't really know what's going on. They don't really have a concept of what's happening. Um, so, like, last season, we ranked David, Ovi, Kemi, Isabella, Sam, Jack, and Annalise as chickens in the coop. They didn't really do much. Um... Then there's the golden egg. This is the best chicken in the coop. (laughs) This is the person that um, has an inkling of what's going on, can sometimes make a move, but for the most part doesn't really play much better. The golden egg is less of the next, like, tier, and it's more just, like, a special prize we give to the best of the worst players that season. (laughs) 
Nick. Nick was the golden egg last year. Um, because <laughs> he did make some moves. He just couldn't... He got outplayed by Christy in that one time where they yelled at each other in the middle of the room Isn't and it worked to Taco Tuesdays or whatever? Yeah. Um, the next up are specialists. And we break the game down into mental, social, and physical game. And the specialists tend to embody certain elements of those um, skills. So, for example... Um, so like they're, they're a little bit better than checking the coop. They're, they're trying their strategy involved, but they definitely have like one certain strength. So obviously a physical specialist would be someone who's like maybe kind of unawares, but wins kind of a lot of comps. A mental specialist might be someone who's like very attuned to what's happening in the house, but doesn't have the social capital to be able to do anything or the physical ability to win, um, comps. And then again, like a social player would maybe be someone who's like very friendly, has a lot of trust in the house, but doesn't know what to do with that strategy wise and can't win comps. Absolutely. Um, above that, I don't, we don't need to spend much more time on that, but like yeah. above that is a powerhouse. Someone that incorporates all three of those specialist roles mm -hmm. to become a better player. And these are typically what we would call good players. Yeah. So like they have proven that they're strong in all mental, physical, and social aspects at some point in the game. Um, last year, we, we gave Cliff and Tommy powerhouse roles. And, and even though Cliff isn't the best physical competitor, he did win the battle back. He won an HOH when it was really important. Uh, Tommy was a pretty big physical threat in terms of his endurance comp. I think he won one. I could be lying about that. They both were pretty aware socially and mentally, but Cliff did make a big mistake at the end. Mm -hmm. Tommy did fall victim to Mickey's move. Mm -hmm. So even though they are strong, they aren't the best. Um, totally. Above that are kind of like the specialist on steroids. We have the... So, like, they're, they're powerhouses, but on top of that, they specialize. exhibit something that's, like, special even across the seasons that, like, we haven't seen much. They specialize. So the titles of that, which we had fun with, were... Um, for, for mental manipulation and mental specialists, it's the Oracle. Mm -hmm. for these... The idea is that like they have such good strategy and perception of the house that they can basically like see into the future in order to like change moves or change the future. Hundred um, percent. Social manipulators are the puppeteers. Mm -hmm. A la Will Kirby. <laughs> a la Will Kirby. Uh, physical manipulators are like the Olympians. Mm -hmm. A la Jackson Mickey. Brendan. Who else is an Olympian? I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Know. Either way, you know, we, maybe probably Janelle. maybe Janelle. Yeah. I don't know, though. If I don't know if Janelle's social. Either way. Enough. Anyway. Those are, that's that. And then at the very top of that are legends. And legends don't have to exhibit all or any of these in any order, but they are people that are able to control the game in ways that no one has ever seen before. And mostly, too, legends are people who change the trajectory of the game for the foreseeable future. So, I mean, y'all know who the legends are. But take a guess. Who do you think? Dan, Derek, Will, Vanessa, Danielle Reyes. Uh, I mean, if they're on the wall this year, they're the legends. And Some of them. Not Casey. <laughs> Sorry, Casey. <laughs> Sorry, but, Casey. But, but, they're, but they do tr change the trajectory of the game. Yeah. And that's kind of the, a, a brief overview of our, our system. Um, and so talking about this season specifically, and I'm going to go from the bottom up. So Michael is telling you what from their past season. So this is in the context of the game they played before, not what we think they're going to do this time. This is their past season. He's going to go through yep. what category they were when they came into this house. Uh, starting at the bottom, we gave Bailey and De David both chickens in the coop. 
And I think that they were that. Bailey, I think, may have aired closer to a mental specialist. She could see she was probably the strongest member of Faute besides Haley. Um, David obviously didn't play at all. So uh, both of them, I think, have a lot to prove coming into this season. Um, Enzo was given the golden egg. He started the brigade. <laughs> and I think now that we've seen him on the live feeds, we probably would have given him social, social specialist. specialist. Uh, but I do think that Enzo didn't really make a many moves. He did make the fake alliance with Brendan with Hayden um, to throw Brendan off of their scent, which was good. He also knew when to cut Matt at the right time. That's why he got the golden egg. But that's why he got the golden egg. Because most of... And, and, okay, if you're someone who like was a feeder at that time, please call us out. Rip us apart. I'd love it. But we didn't see the live feeds for that. So if... I mean... If you just look at the show, like the the edit of Enzo is like he doesn't understand what tablespoons are, and he made the brigade, and that's his like claim to fame. Um, above that, we have uh, specialists, and uh, the people that we listed as specialists were Keisha, Devon, Kaiser, Cody, Danny, Nicole A, and Christmas. Um, they could have they could have exhibited something from their season that showed that they were a little bit more attuned one way or the other. Not going to go into details, but without just... any explanation, can you just rattle off which kind of specialist each one I is? I didn't list them. Oh, okay. Well, that could be a discussion amongst all of us, y'all. Wow. Wow. Um, above that are the the powerhouses, which I think we could probably discuss a little bit more. Is sure. is we I put Janelle, Memphis, Nicole F, and Kevin. I don't know why Kevin is put in the powerhouse. <laughs> you know, honestly. But I think it's because he he was the one that made a move that season. Yeah, which is we why looked through, and him. he like was the one who made the only move of the season that had to be social and mental. And I think he won like he like had to win several something. Comps. I don't think we would have given him that if he didn't win something. Yeah. Either way, he's probably the lo- he's on a low powerhouse level. Yes. Same with Nicole F. But she's played in two seasons. And she won. I mean, she won. So I feel like she made it so far. She employed the use of of. Christmas Corey to get a lot of the physical manipulation done. Um, Memphis, he was given a lot of comps by Dan, but he also held his own in a lot of certain situations. So again, that season was kind of low ranking in general, but, um, and then Janelle probably closer to an Olympian, but in her last season, season 14, she didn't do much. And so that's why I gave her powerhouse was that she held that status, but didn't exhibit it. Mm-hmm. And then the, Sorry, do you want to no, say something? go ahead. The only two people that we have above that ranked as uh, Oracle or Puppet Master or Olympian were Ian and Tyler. Uh, Tyler, definitely a Puppet Master, had a final two with the final six people in that house, could win comps. For sure. Amazing, amazing gameplay in our opinion. Yeah. Ian. Tyler's like so well balanced with his like stats. Very well, very, his AP going psycho um <laughs> what uh anyway uh <laughs> <laughs> I know. we okay what? fine um i don't get it but ian a lot of people think that is a, a reference to action points or like a point system no it's a watch like it's a fancy rich person watch you decide comments no i looked it up on genius.com it's like audible period wow Y'all can tell we don't have money <laughs> um ian also was ranked as a i want to say almost all three of them but he didn't have as much social manipulation as um, he's given credit for he didn't do a lot of the move making he was long for the ride for a lot of it but one like i think three hohs um yeah yeah i don't know i mean he did two big things which was turn on mike boogie and get him out and then also create the quack pack which aligned him with dan 
and then he won the veto. He was going to be taken out on the double eviction, and then he also won um, the final HOH to take I mean, Dan Ian with him. Has an undervalued power, I think. I do think that going into this season, though, the charm of what Ian brought his first season isn't necessarily there, whereas Tyler is two years off. No, we thought that in the beginning. Reading the perception of people outside of the house, and I kind of feel like that's how people are in the house, too, I think people find Ian more charming. (laughs) I don't know. The reason why, to me, is because Ian came into the house, and I think they just thought he was an awkward college kid. Now they're like... He's a grown guy. This isn't just a phase. And he's come out about his autism. And I think, like, being a neuroatypical person is something that it's, like, people are, like, oh, I have a newfound respect for this. Absolutely. And I have a newfound, like, care for it. And so I think, although, and I wouldn't put it past it for Ian because this is how hardcore he can be. I don't think Ian, like, talking about his autism was meant to be gameplay necessarily, 100% he knows like it can function as that kind of yeah function yeah it can function that way I I just think that Ian's appeal and that you know, like with Brittany taking him under his wing and kind of guiding him through that beginning because she was like playing mother hen Ian as a young a young man in that season got further I think than him as an adult man coming into this as an as everyone knows that he's a former winner one of only two former winners True. he also isn't doing what Dr. Will did when he came in as a former winner to say, like, I'm a, a target me. Take me out. The smartest move for you guys to do is to take me out. Ian's not doing that. Ian is actually playing the game, which I think is is more um, of a target to, like, say, like, it's a smaller target than what Will did. Will made his target so big that no one could see it. But Ian's, Ian's not trying to make his target bigger. He's not admitting that he's the strongest player in his house. He's just allowing it to exist on him as a former winner. So either way, that's our, that's our initial ranking system of it one of the highest ranked seasons that we've ever had and obviously because we know the players going into it but it is crazy to see how strong these players are um i do also want to make a note that like we recognize that when we say this point system it's controversial because people think of big brother players kind of in their own ways and it's also like very emotional of like what they have entertainment value or just if you like them as a person or just like the the edit and the way you think like they played whether that be morals or whatever and we have a very like specific and unique way where it like is really taking emotion out of it and like regardless of our like or dislike of the person we're talking about really competition strategic moves and their social player. influence it's completely player based okay so i i just want to make clear that like some of these things that we've said is like uh, you know you might be like tyler is a legend mickey's a legend you know whatever like it doesn't mean necessarily like they're our favorite players or that we even like them as people but but even like as we've done this we've been so surprised by our own ranking by going through the player and saying all right how many competitions did they win all right how many alliances did they have okay what moves do they influence in the house and so some of these things are startling to even us of like oh i wouldn't have thought that you know enzo's a chicken in the coop or whatever but then look at what they did in the game you know so just saying like feel free to kind of pick it apart because we recognize we're trying to controversial We're but we want to hear why you think it's right or wrong. And on top of that, you know, to piggyback off of that idea is like Aaron from season 15. She She's made a, a lot of comments that we completely disagree with that were racist. Like Aaron should have been kicked out of the house, but then we ended up ranking her a powerhouse. Because she because won she three was. HOHs, 
turned her social game around, aligned with Helen. Like, there are so many things that she did in that game as a player. Not as her as a person, but as a player. And so I think that that, that is another thing when we talk about, like, Matt Hoffman as a player employing exactly. his move was was good. And that's what this whole thing's about. Right. Cool. I think that's... I think we've covered week one, I think Rob. It, but yeah. I think we're good. Wow. We, it's, it's crazy to think about, like, a month ago. We didn't think this season was going to happen. We didn't think... You know, with COVID, with everything going on, that we weren't going to get it. And now we have our season. We have week one under the under our belts. It's great. We were like two weeks ago at a place where we were like, I will take a Raven Christmas Josh and Paul season just to have Big Brother. And now we're only week one and we're like, ugh, pathetic. You, you like you know, no we, strategy. We get right back into our Plebeians. bullshit. So uh, it's exciting. Um, thanks for joining us along with the ride. Hopefully, uh, you got something out of this. Agree, disagree. You can find us at the Hidden House Guest at Twitter. Uh, it should be the no, underscore H H not... underscore House Guest. Yeah. No wait, the underscore H H underscore Podcast. At, on Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the HH podcast. I have it right here. I should just no, read it. No, it's not. What are you talking? We you know it not? really well, guys. Well, he would know. He's the one who runs it mostly. Ah, eh, no, I get on there. It's the underscore HH underscore podcast, the Hidden House Guest podcast. Oh, got it. All right, follow us there. Follow us there. Leave us a comment. Tell us what you think. Who are we kidding? The people are following us probably. Or just our family us from Twitter. And Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but also, um, you know, we're on Spotify and iTunes. I don't even know what to call it. iTunes podcast. Yeah. If you like what you hear, we'd love to get a five star rating from you. If you don't like it, um, you could you keep it to yourself. It you to could just part. you could just like hold it in and then not tell anybody that you dislike it. <laughs> it's a good idea, and like maybe even you know for just like paying it forward, you could even just say like, "Hey, I liked this," to someone you think maybe would. We could think of a code word that they could use if they really didn't like it, but still give us five stars. Like you could just say potato and then five stars. And then that will be our little in, in, wink, wink, in, in. We know you don't like this podcast, but still give us five stars. And that's a wrap. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Tune in next week. Bye.